This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. The Team Never Quit podcast is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. Partner with Navy Federal Credit Union to pay down credit card debt. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. You should serve something larger than yourself if you have the ability to do it. everybody welcome back to the tng podcast i'm your host marcus luttrell every week it's my job to fire you up to ignite the legend inside of you and to push you to your greatness join me every week as i take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard charging people on the planet they're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life teach you the values of working your ass off and charge through whatever life throws at you this is the team never quit podcast Podcast. so buckle up buttercup Hello and welcome back to another episode of Team Never Quit Podcast. Before we get started today, I'm going to start us off with the Patreon question of the day, which is, if you were going to time travel, which time period would you like to go to? Oof. That's hard for me. I I feel like I should have been born in like the late 1800s, or maybe I'm still just very connected to an ancestor that was from that time period because my interests are all very old school. I like to garden. I like to grow my own food. I like to do the canning and all that kind of stuff. So I'm very pioneer-like. I I feel like I need to, if I was going to time travel, I would go back and live a few days in that time period. It depends. Am I single or married? Uh, oh, here comes that rational brain. A whole bunch of <laughs> questions. Are we allowed to if do I'm, that? Because I mean, that's uh... if I'm single. If I'm single, I want to go back to the Roman era. I want to go start conquering on one and side of the exactly world. The job I want, and finish on the other. Exactly. 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 Yeah. If I'm married, 1840s, 1850s, load up on a you know prairie schooner and take my family across and make my way. Yeah, head west. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's it. What about you, babe? That, 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 he, I had an answer. He messed it up. All <laughs> redneck said the same answer. The same answer. There's something unique like about in the movies be... that we watched in 1955. Remember Back to the Future? Everyone always goes back to 1955 America. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you could live in that time frame in America with our tech. Yeah. 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 That was neighbors the, are still that neighbors. That was the coolest time period. It was, right? Absolute coolest. The cars, James Dean. The, you know, all that yeah. Stuff. yeah. The, the way they dressed, everyone everyone even was in a suit, a hat kind of deal, mm-hmm. man. It was everything was everything. So, I feel like you would have been in like Alexander the Great's army. Okay, I said if we were married, I'd front line. If we're not, then I'd have to go. Away. <laughs> yeah, that's why I started off single or married. Yeah, yeah. Married. like There'd you definitely would be a time frame where the fighting thing was going, the fight, feed, and breed thing. Yeah, yeah. Alexander would have been a good one. Yeah, 
Like you, you're a real good one. One of his big warriors that travels on horseback with him, yeah. just slaying. Slaying it. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't go as far as being a hun, but I want to go visit him for a fight. That's something that's real mean, dude. Yeah, I, Jesus. I mean, they're real mean. Yeah, they weren't allowed to kill to let an animal go through their yeah, lives. Yeah, right. they're, they're, yeah, they like killed gophers yeah, and stuff. Dang, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's why they're so good. It's like killing for the you. sake of killing. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I kind of agree. I would really like to be around that Roman era because of all the times that we've been over there. I mean, it's so easy to fall in love with just the history, how rich it is, and the culture over there is breathtaking. Yeah, Hunter has traveled a lot in his life ever since he was I think I took him to Rome for the first time when he was nine nice. um, and we went back as recent as this past June and many times in between so he's gotten to see a lot of uh, that part of the world and it really is neat being able to actually like see the mm-hmm. history um, so that is cool I love, the Rome stuff is really neat mm. what about you John? I would like to see, I think, ancient Egypt in its glory day. Oh, like who yeah. Who put the big one there? Like who put the big one there? I'd like to go back <laughs> yeah. and see. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, just to see that. Just to see that take place. But you and wouldn't want to be one of them that's yeah. actually that's building it. Yeah, <laughs> not the one yeah, I don't know that that would be the best experience. Like to check by and go, what are y'all doing with them big rocks? Yeah. yeah. Come back real no, hard, not though. Not actually be a rock mover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, either that or 1955, I think, as well. Because that there's this futuristic thing about that era. That you know how many different movies so cool. talk about that that particular? I know. My uh, grandparents were in their prime at that time. Yeah. Um, so, like, my grandparents, both my sets of grandparents, got married in 1955. So that's like when they started their adult mm-hmm. lives. Um, so anytime I hear that year, I always think of them. Yeah. And actually, uh, my grandpa died yesterday, but uh, he there's this picture, his high school pic, his senior year high school picture, and he legit looks like Fonz. Like, or what's <laughs> hey. his name? Fonzie yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He has the leather jacket with a white... Um, t-shirt. Just t- plain old T-shirt. White T-shirt. Everybody yeah. did. And... He just looks so cool in my hair slick back. Yes, in um blue jeans and chucks, man. Yeah, both of my grand my mom's parents and my dad's parents actually grew up in the same area. And my mom's mom and my dad's mom competed against each other in beauty pageants in wow. high school. Oh, Louisiana, like the towns are named after. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's like, really you, you can marry because you just go to the town. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a picture of both my grandmas in a um, beauty pageant and one of them won first place and the other won second. In That's this fantastic. And pageant. the town has been divided ever since. <laughs> you get the genetic auto. Isn't that, genetic been the same. But isn't that cool? But it's that from that time period. Like the, yeah. those pictures were probably from 53, 54. Wow. And it's just those really pretty dresses that are like... Yep. Tied around the corset and then you flow imagine? out. Hey, I that, just think the that's town so cool. Is great still, Christmas time, it's all mm-hmm. lit up. They had a freaking oh, yeah. tank at the at the. Yeah, the military uh, memorial has an actual army tank. Um, awesome. But yeah, it's just a what great. What town are we talking about? Cottonport, Cottonport Louisiana. Louisiana. Okay. Uh, it's a tiny. Anybody? No, no. Nobody no, knows you, about no, it. You okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. If you don't have family there, there's no reason to go. But. Um, 
I love it. It's to me, it's a magical town, and I. It's a town, and I think that's a cool part about 1955 is you still lived in your town, yeah. right? Yeah. Like grocery Not store, a city, it? right? It a town. town, yeah. Town. They actually call there. it a village. It's it says the village of Cottonport on the when you well, pull it's in. Cool, man. The movie theater was in town. It's kind of like. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the library. Actually, the library is named after my great grandma. Uh, she the was the librarian for fifty years. So, awesome. yeah. Anyway, so when I hear 1955, that's immediately where my brain goes. Yeah. If I'm time traveling, I want to go back further than that. <laughs> I see that. So. I think if I really had the ability to time travel, I'm going to have to answer that question about the pyramids and Egypt and the that's whole thing. One. I want to go back you know and see what? it. Dang, so we were watching Lonesome Dove the other day. The boys in Texas Rangers back when that was, Ooh. how much fun would that have been? Man. For us, I mean... Can you imagine though how ru- the one single thing that nobody nobody gives credit to back then is the weather? Oh, bro! Could you imagine? Shit! All I yeah. The northern that came in here a few months ago, a couple of months ago, yeah. when he just went like from you know sixty to five. Mm-hmm. You're out there riding your horse, this, that, and other. Oh, wind blowing! <laughs> I had that. It's thought five that degrees. It's that chill out there when you walk outside and it's. Punches yeah. you in the chest, like mm-hmm. you can feel that sucker, right? Mm-hmm. That what kind about of stuff? when you had to go number two? I feel like back then that would have been the worst thing. Getting on a horse, like that's where the term steamer comes from. <laughs> Man, you don't get that exactly. sucker out of there. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? But you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. That young man, both you can't imagine not having a telephone. Yeah. No. Nobody, I mean, I'm 10 years older than you. Nobody, when I was growing up, could have dreamed if you weren't Captain Kirk on Star Trek that you would have something in your pocket to talk to somebody else with. Oh, yeah, communicators. I remember when cordless phones came out. Mm Mm-hmm, I do too. Cordless, just a cordless phone. It was like sliced bread. It changed the world. Yeah. But, look, I mean, really, if you're... Lonesome up if you're in that time period and you've got to go number two. Okay, so that's still that happens you this time go. frame too. It, 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 when we're it out does. in the field, if you're on a mission, you'd be surprised. You can go along. You it can just drop shuts down. Yeah, just and if you got to go, you take care of your business. Oh, like, I've been to Uganda. I know what it's okay, like right. to be you, a little yeah, primitive. Have you returned after a run with half a shirt? <laughs> There you go. <laughs> it's awful. I, I've done that. I'm just saying, like half shirt. That's it. But living that necessity. every day that's a man would be so ball. hard. It is. Yeah, I mean, we need that's to put that down, down too. Like write that down. on the board for, yep. for board Wednesday. It's like here's how you get a couple of things to get yep. you. Return from run. No, dude, that's shirt. hilarious, man. I forgot the Our sock only, of the dumb. Or only one sock. sock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They always joke that the dryer eats the sock. It's really the sock gets Wait a minute. Hold on. That's the, that's top secret, man. We don't even let that Oh, my gosh. Right. Okay, never mind. If you find an old sock in the woods, do not pick it up. Do not. Yeah. Why do you think there's always the chip clips go missing and there's always one sock? Right. <laughs> Gross. That's awesome. And let me introduce our guest over here. Today we have one of our very good friends that we want to introduce, Sidney Blair. Sidney bleeds blue, starting his career in law enforcement, doing everything from SWAT, gang unit, detective work, switching over to Homeland Security as an air marshal, then retired, and now is back to being a cop. Sidney has lived a life of service, and we're very grateful to have him on. Welcome to the show, Sidney. Thank you. 
Yeah, thanks for doing this, man. Glad to be here. <laughs> so, you know, we have this mix of guests on our show. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's people that are very public and everybody knows, and then sometimes nobody knows who this is. We wanted you to come on because you do have an incredible story of just service. Um, I mean, it really is awesome. And you just retired. Everybody had a big retirement party for you. And then what? how long did that last? A couple of weeks and you're back at work. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe so a couple of weeks. If you can just start off your story of why you chose law enforcement, maybe start off with like where you came from, uh, where you grew up. Because people always ask too when we're always, when we're in the public eye and the high vis thing. Yeah, who 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 is that? Yeah, who is yeah. that? Who's that? <laughs> where are you from? All the time. Yeah, I'm from a small town. I was born in Navasota. Yeah, Navasota. So, born in Navasota and. You know, was as a little boy, we lived in Huntsville, which was a big, big town to me when I was growing up because my father was in the grocery business. Uh, my dad had Piggly Wiggly, Minnie Max, Jimmy grocery store. No, you didn't know that? <laughs> no. Yeah. All you the, left that. All you the, left that part out. <laughs> I did not know that. The Piggly Wiggly my, thing is funny my, as hell, man. There's only one of those that I know of left in Louisiana. It's in Cottonport. Cottonport. We have a Piggly Wiggly in Cottonport. Okay, true story. <laughs> My first paying job that I ever had, I was the pig in the 4th of July parade <laughs> down Sam Houston dude. Avenue in Huntsville, Texas, walking along with a big plastic deal on my head. Yeah. Oh, my God. We have pictures of my, my dad paid with my grandma. I was like, let's if go. You, if you go to Mr. Hamburger, <laughs> if you go to Mr. Hamburger in Huntsville, there are still ads that my dad wrote on the wall in Mr. Hamburger from my dad's Piggly Wiggly grocery stores in Huntsville, Texas. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. I didn't know y'all didn't know that. There's yeah. also the fact that, that the gentleman that's in here now, we we've, we grew up together uh, years apart. Years apart. Sa- same years, same years, location, years same, yeah, same path, years yeah. apart. A couple of young mans were the, were the bane of my existence as that's a young right. patrol officer in Willis, Texas. But you, you need to look at it from a younger, older brother perspective, right. but yeah. right. I made it a lot easier for us. All right, that's uh, Navasota than Huntsville. I okay. Navasota, born in Navasota. You know, just because that was the nearest doctor to where my parents were. But I actually, where I grew up was the little town of Lovelady, Texas. I graduated from Lovelady High School. Graduated a graduating class of 30 people. Yeah. You know, little bitty graduating class, small town boy, rambunctious kid, basically the same way you grew up, you know, going out, pasture parties, doing all that stuff, working hard, playing hard. That's what I did. And probably my first, don't come from a family of law enforcement, or anything like that. A lot of my family, of course, we lived around the Huntsville area. Worked at TDC and things like that. Had a really good friend of mine who uh, passed away a few years ago. Uh, his name was Eddie B. Hutchison. His dad, Eddie B., had been a DPS trooper way back in the day. Remember seeing pictures of him and stuff. And I thought, man, that's cool. I, I just like uniforms. The troopers are great at that. Mm-hmm. Troopers are great at uniforms. They man, look great I, so in uniforms. I, yeah, I they was, look like a recruiting post. They're our Marine Corps <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When Without question. Them, I was always we taught to be scared of them. Them and the Rangers. When they, yep. when you see them suckers walk up, you're like, oh shit. That's it. Like when to, they when they pull to you this off, day. Yeah. To this day. If you get pulled over by one of them, don't yep. just say yes sir and answer the fucking questions. Yeah. Don't do anything else. Yeah. yeah. When when like Steve Jeter comes to talk to me, I'm <laughs> oh, still like, Jeter, oh, dude, that fucking oh, guy, oh. man. I'm in the presence of yeah, Steve yeah, Jeter. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a cow ranger now. Good for him. He's a cow ranger. Good for There's him. There's some. He's still some of the men we had running the. 
All right, I'm dying. We'll, we'll get on some topics like but that. But anyway, from Love Lady, Texas, the first time I remember I thought I might want to go into law enforcement, because I was a heather growing up. I'm going to tell you all, when I had to do my top secret clearance when I was a fed, I'd have to do my top secret clearance every five years, and one of the one of the on your top secret, one of the things you have to answer is, what's something you did that you were never caught at, never convicted of, anything like that, but that might be a crime? I used to bootleg whiskey. Oh, used my to gosh. bootleg liquor. Houston County was dry, and I used to smuggle it. In my truck, <laughs> oh, I'd smuggle beer and liquor. Oh, we're right close to Bible Belts. At midnight, that's you stopped it. drinking. That's it. That's why at the Trinity County line, that's where they sold all the alcohol because everything north of there is dry. At the and Trinity. That's where I grew up. Yeah, at the Trinity. <laughs> God oh, forbid, statue of limitations. We had to get our asses and drive a long way just to, by it. the time you got there, you didn't even. <laughs> yeah, you didn't want to drink. You didn't want to drink anymore. It's a damn long of a drive. But anyway, oh I was coming back from I was coming back from Trinity. That's where I worked. One of my dad's grocery stores, the Mini Max. I was a cleanup boy in the meat market. I was coming back and there was a girl that had had a wreck and she hit a tree. She was kind of pinned in the car. I got out of the first one there, helped her out, you know, did, did the right thing. I was, you know, cause of course back then you're driving, you're 15 years old, I'm 15 years old in my dad's farm truck, pulled this girl out and it was a girl I went to school with. Her name was Melissa, Melissa Wallace. Her brother is the sheriff of Trinity County right now. Oh, Woody wow. Wallace, he's yeah, the whatever. sheriff of Trinity County. Pulled her out of the car, asked her if she was okay, this, that, and other. She was okay. She was banged up. But she hit that tree. Her mom and dad got there. Her mom and dad got there. They were like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I was like, I'm driving along my old farm truck later on. I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Feels good. You know, it feels good to help someone out. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I can remember thinking, man, it wouldn't be bad to be a cop. And then I thought, I'm actually kind of a criminal, so I probably should straighten <laughs> myself out if I want to be the popo. There's got to be a place for us. Yeah. So wait, uh, they found it, right? We found it. Yeah. At fifteen, you were smuggling alcohol. What do you yeah. call it smuggling? I mean, that sounds bad when you I say was, it. I was, use that word bootlegging is a lot cooler. Yeah, bootlegging sounds bad. <laughs> bootlegging in a in a seven, in a seventy nine Chevy pickup with a four fifty four engine, you had souped up sounds a whole lot better. Yeah. Okay, but you were like a little teenager. You, it's not like you were twenty one. No, doing no, it. You were. I started doing this like that. Like I worked in Trinity. And people be like, oh, you work in Trinity? I was like, yeah. And they go, oh, you know so-and-so over there? I'm like, no, but I can find him. You know, And they'd be like, go see him, man. He got something for me. And they'd give me like a case of beer and I'd bring it back over there. So and we had to start started. driving at 15 oh too. And that was yeah. so we could get our old man's... Whatever. Whatever. 15, 15 years old because I lived, I lived 18 miles from the nearest city limit sign. Oh, my gosh. We lived down the country. Our old men were smart because at that age, if we got busted, then it'd be like, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You know what happened if you got We're busted? just couriers. They took your 15. beer. Yeah, they just took it. They took your beer. Actually, they wanted to catch you, so they didn't have to pay for it. Right. Oh, my god. And I know that because we're adults now, yeah. and I know the cops. <laughs> and I'm a cop now, I so, know those damn I'm a cop now so I can ass, say that. Dude, to take that from us? Nah, yeah. I never thought about it out loud before. Yeah, but damn that's it. what I did. That's where I'm from, and from there, went to the police academy, knew that, uh, knew that college wasn't for me. I started going to... I went to both Sam and Texas A&M, but didn't graduate. I mean, I was terrible. I went to the Dixie Chicken more than I went to A&M. <laughs> oh, awesome place. Yeah, and uh, went to the police academy, started in narcotics. That's literally. what they called the police academy was the uh, Dixie Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> literally literally went, to, uh, went into narcotics right out the gate and then worked as a, uh, I was what they would call now, after I, I did a little stint in narcotics, came down here and was what they call a school, they would call now a school resource officer. I worked at the schools and stuff. You know, that's how I know yeah, yeah. Thornberry. Yeah. That's how I know Thornberry. He was one of my students. Oh my gosh. I'm that much older than everybody. I mean, I'm, I'm 57 years old this year. Oh my gosh. Um, so anyway, 
went from there, Montgomery County Sheriff's Department, when I went to Montgomery County. Yeah, but the way we kind of looked at it is like we had an older one of us with a gun. <laughs> yeah, in uniform. In the yeah, they can kind of keep you out of trouble. Yeah, and the thing about well, it. Well, that was the best part, man, is you weren't total. Yeah, that's. This whole group of kids, they weren't all the people that surround Marcus and Mojo and that whole group of kids. They weren't terrible people. They were a little rambunctious. I'll never remember pulling up at a pasture party one night. And I don't know whether it was you or Mojo, but they were standing on this dude. (laughs) I pull up. Everybody's sitting there. They put their drinks down. Because nobody has a drink in their hand when the cops pull up. They're standing there, and they're standing on a dude. And I'm like, man, they go, oh, this guy, he, you know, slapped some girl or whatever, this, that, and what. And and, and he had weed in his pocket. (laughs) We threw that in the fire. You know, they're just standing on the dude, waiting on the police to get there because he was creating a problem. They just solved the problem. They just solved the problem. I could totally that, that, see but that's that. what guess what you did back then. I thought for you, sure he was going to tell a different story. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that did happen. That did, yeah, it was both. Like we, you know. Yeah. That's funny. There was, but but back then it was a different world. Mischief, people yeah. people handled problems, and once the problem was handled, it was over with. Mm-hmm. That's what attracted me to law enforcement. There were people. There were people that I arrested in law enforcement. Um, there was a guy that I shot one time that I saw later on. And uh, he was like, man, I, you know, I, you know, I was a bad guy back then and this, that, and other, and all this. And he was still locked up when I saw him. I mean, he's wearing a poop bag and everything. I mean, it changed his life. But, you know, he found some Jesus while he was in there and got off dope and everything Thank else. Thank God, because I want to shoot your he ass like, again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. how we do it around here. Yeah, it's a good thing I was a bad shot back then. Right? You don't want to run into me now. Oh, my gosh. Um, that's kind of what drew me into law enforcement. How do you get, so when you when you go through the academy because mm-hmm. it's different from the city, big cities to sure. the country to how people think well you can't believe what they think about us out here in the country the sheriff's right. still on a horse with the freaking you know right. posse and all that but it's like you get you get selected we have special units and everything just like everyone else mm-hmm. I went to the academy the academy that I went to was over in in College Station they had an academy over there it was uh, there was they had instructors from different it's it's it. It evolved into what now is Teeks. It's now part of, of A&M over there where they have a, a regular deal. But this was prior to all that. Uh, but you all go to the academy. In, in Texas, a peace officer is a peace officer is a peace officer. Okay. Whether you're a game warden, a state trooper, or a city cop, or a county cop, or whatever, you have to go to a base academy. The cities have their own academy because they also teach you city ordinance and this, that, and other. But you all have to learn this base thing. Kind of like when you go in the Navy. You go in the Navy, everybody goes to basic. You're going to go to exactly basic. That's exactly how you went to. I want you to explain that. Yep. Most, most people don't know that. Yep. Was, okay. You're going to go to basic. You're going to get your basic stuff out of the way. You're going to be the popo. You get your basic on. Back when I became a cop, they literally handed you a key to a patrol car, put a guy over in the passenger seat for about two days, gave you a key map. Do you remember key map? Yeah. Oh, hey. The orange map. I was great at okay, key maps. I was, I was wanting to get one of those. Did they still, to get those, just to have them? We still have some. At the agency I'm at now, we had a whole box of them. They just threw them away. I'm like, y'all got to keep one no, of those. No, 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 no. Yes. Uh, got to keep some one of those. those. I'd yeah. rather hand my kid that and be like, figure this yeah. out, then I'll give you that phone. Dispatch would send so you out. Yeah, she, this is the... Is that how you got good at that? Yes. I was so good Came at that. Yes. Oh, yeah. I would, oh. like, even for she my can parents, find her, I, I mean, can. You can't believe it. She can find, it makes sense now. That makes complete sense. I, so, yeah. key maps, for people that don't know what that is, because mm-hmm. not every city had it. Right. Um, it was literally a like a spiral mm-hmm. notebook that had a map on every page, and the page was numbered. Yep. And you can go to the index, which... Number will t- and letter. Yeah, which like would tell you, like, what... what yeah. You can look up by street or by town, 
And then you go to that page and you would literally have to piece it like a puzzle mm-hmm. where you were going. So you'd have to flip pages and like paper clip them together yep. of where you were going. And when I was a kid, my dad, I don't know why he did this, but he would make me almost as like a... I mean, we would just be at home. There was no reason to do it, but he would make me like try to find point A to point B. I needed to get, you know, tell him how to get from point A to point B. I freaking loved that. So in my crew, I was always navigation. I was always the one. I really was. (laughs) Thank God, because I can't find my ass. I was always the one. Like I had key map, and I could find anything. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. So you came in with a key map and, and a key and you just went and you're the popo. You do whatever. And what you do, what we did in, you know, 1989, 1990, when I stopped, started being a cop was, and I tell young officers this today, you did exactly the same thing you do today. Your job is to protect and serve. You go out to the good citizens of your county or your city or your state or your federal jurisdiction or whatever it is. You protect them from any evils that exist, including themselves, and you serve whatever they need. If they got a flat tire on the side of the road or if somebody's attempting to ambush them out of the bushes, it's your job to handle that. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's simple. The rest is just paperwork. But in, in being a cop, and I love being on patrol and stuff like that, but I always wanted a little bit more than it offered when something cool came out. Like, I'm a gun guy. I like guns a lot. And, you know, I saw we had a SWAT team, and I'm like, Oh, I want to go do that with them guys. And I went to SWAT school. I signed up to go to SWAT school. And I went to SWAT school. And I remember the very first day I went in, the guy's like, man, you're going to make it through here. I'm like, I'll make it through here. That's the secret word. Yeah. Yeah, and that was it. And you know what the guy said to me? As soon as they say that to you, that's And you're going to make it through here? I'm like, what do you mean I'm going to make it through here? No, you're too fat. I was like, I said about that, buddy. And I did. I made it by the hair of my fat chinny chin chin. I learned to get in shape after that. Because I'd been out of the academy long enough that a lot of police officers will become calorically challenged. They stretch that old belt gear a little bit. Mm. And I had done that, but I learned that that put me in shape. Anyway, my career path led me. I was a patrol officer. I became a supervisor on patrol. I went to SWAT. I spent most of my career at Montgomery County Sheriff's Department 
on the SWAT team, which at the time it was an overall special operations group. Yeah. We had negotiators. I went to FBI negotiation school, went to sniper school, went to gas school. I was a gas. I was everything, all those things. Again, talking about running together, and I end up in a training facility in Lake Corinth, Mississippi, called Mid-South Institute Self-Defense Shooting. Great school. Shaw's Place. Freaking great school. So man. I'm at Shaw's Place, and the first time we roll down there, we roll down there, and there's a set of SEAL teams down there. Yeah. And I'm like, got to be kidding me. And that's where I started running into some some of the team guys. And, again, not, you know, we just started, you know, this person, you know, this person, you know, this person. And when I would train and go to schools, and I got to instruct different schools at HK and, and all over. I've instructed for Def Tech. All, there's, there's various things that the military and the police are, even though the posse commandant and you can't, you know, the, the that's the one thing right there. That, that, that is one that's thing. It. But, but you still, you run across each other. You know what I mean? Knew some of those guys, started running across some of those guys and stuff like that. The special operations of police, such as SWAT and things like that, have so much kinship with special operations of the military. We would do the same thing. I mean, th when they come down to train, we'd play op four for them and vice versa. You do the exact same thing back in our town. Like, I, That's you it. tell these young kids coming up, like, I mean, and the great part about living out in the country is you get to do the big city things. You do, They send you there. Yep. So you get to hang out in the city and meet all the city boys, and you come back and live in your town to do what yep. they sent us overseas to do. And it, it, it truly is. If you think you get respect by bullying somebody and keeping them in fear, that's one thing. If you strap up to protect them, yeah. you can't believe what that does. If, and if you, give, if you give the kids like we had at a young age, you get to see it just for a, a, a glimpse. just for Because mm -hmm. showing them fear, that takes a long time to condition a kid to be mean, to, 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 right. to keep that going. Right. It doesn't take very long if you show them the cool part, like we were taught. They'll want to do it, no matter how yeah. tough it gets, because there's something that goes with it. Fear is forced. Respect is earned. Yeah. Right. And I'm telling you, you know, you asked me earlier, when did I first get into law enforcement? I, my entire life, I've detested bullies. Detest bullies. I don't care if it's a mean guy on the block who's bullying other people on the block. I don't care whether it's somebody in the household that's bullying family members that he shouldn't be. I don't care if it's one of the most powerful men on earth that is bullying one of his staffers. I'm going to not tell the story of when I was a federal agent, but believe me, I don't put up with that either. I detest bullies. I do not like bullies. There's no place for them in society. Mm -hmm. That's just my belief. And I believe as police officers, our job is to, Stop people from bullying other people. If there was no bullying in this, and I'm not talking about the bullying where he touched me and made an offensive gesture in my direction or something like that. I'm like truly using your oh, we know, yeah. power or whatever it is to make someone else do your will and they don't want to. Mm -hmm. I hate that. Yeah. Hate that. Two of the best ones to hunt down. Yeah. I feel like to me, the best police officers are the ones when they see an 18-year-old boy walking down the street, mm -hmm. they pick him up, give him a ride. Absolutely. If they're going in the same, you know, if they're going down the same route, just mm -hmm. say you need a ride. Or like you said, you see if someone with a flat tire, I had a flat tire one time, yep. actually recently in the last three years, on the freaking highway mm -hmm. and called my little OnStar. They said they would send an officer. The guy just sat in the car. 
he just to, for the uh like so the traffic wouldn't he just had his lights no. i'm like come on help me so then they had to send somebody else to come and actually change the tire i'm like what's i know this guy can change a tire um but yeah i community service mm-hmm. is part to me is part of being a law enforcement it's all of being law i can't remember if you, you telling me this or uh, this is a while ago but I've, I've used it a few times on stage what they were talking about it was at the one at the academy and they were doing the training and it was raining outside so i was like man you know i don't want like being in the rain I was doing all this i was like i get that there's a type of human that doesn't right that doesn't make you a bad person we have one that wants to be a cop and will stand in the rain mm-hmm. we're going to use that one right no offense right that kind yeah. of deal People get bent out of shape when when you go into any of these places and you don't. It's not that you don't qualify. It's just like, hey man, is, we got something designed for this. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a place for you. This is just not one, it. Yeah. Not only will you be happy, everyone else will be happy. Right. Mm-hmm. As a, as a police officer, in in the back of my patrol car, and I'll tell you how varied. This is just my opinion of how a police officer should be. In the back of my patrol car, I have extra ammunition. Of course, I have extra guns. I have extra body armor. That's in case I have to rescue someone and I have strapped body armor on people before and ran out of houses with them because we were taking fire from a house next door. Mm-hmm. That's why I carry extra body armor. Everybody's like, oh, you got more body armor? Yeah, I got more body armor because somebody else may need it one of these days. Mm-hmm. Something else that I carry, I carry tools. I carry a jack. I carry an electric impact wrench that I can change people's tires with and stuff like that because your job as a cop is protect. It's simple. It's protect and serve. Somebody breaks down on the side of I-45, if you're broke down on the side of I-45 and you got a carload of kids or just you and a friend, it's not that you don't have the ability to change your tire. It's dangerous. It's the fact that I'm six foot one, I weigh 250 pounds, and it's easier for me to change the tire than it is for you. And common courtesy dictates that I change your tire. Plus, the government is paying my salary. Mm -hmm. You pay taxes. So my job is to get out there and change your tire. Yeah. There's ones that want to do that. Like, drive around looking for shit like that. Yep. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to do it, if you don't want to do it, I was a field training officer for a long time here in Montgomery County. If you don't want to do it, police work is not the job for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got something, though. Yeah, they can go somewhere else. That that, that thing's, (laughs) yeah, shifted. We got all kinds of units now. Well, you know what? it, it, It is what it is. I mean, I was on SWAT. We had SWAT because you have to have a specialized unit. You've got to have somebody who comes in when the police can't handle what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a little little short story. We had just the other night. I, I now work for Walker County Sheriff's Department, Huntsville, Texas. We had an issue the other night. I won't leave any name, throw any names in or anything like that. We had an issue the other night where an individual had, had just spun off, went to left field. I mean, just crazier than Charlie Melton's dog. <laughs> yeah, he, he was way spun off. Damn, I'm going to use that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. How long have you been sitting on that one? <laughs> Since I mean, about you delivered second, that really smooth. Since about the second time I ran into that dog, I use it quite a bit. This dog has literally popped every ball I've ever bought for my kids. Hey, That's great, Charlie. So love you. I was at an event and they auctioned off. Holy shit! Seeing that I dog just left jump there when up, you did when that happened, jump up and bust <laughs> all balloons? the balloons. Yeah, bust all the balloons. <laughs> That dog was busting balloons seven feet in the air, jumping, and just having the time of his life. Oh, and Anyways. I just tore into his ass about that, too, Charles. Yeah. He goes, uh, It's yeah. like you're, you're not going to break him from it <laughs> if you train him to do it, you knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> or keep every him in a kennel. But he went through every one of those things, too. Yeah. 
But, you know, dogs take the personality of their owner, so there you have it. Yeah. Oh, and great, and great, that's what you do with Charlie. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. That Sorry, is so I, I ran a rabbit trail on that. But anyway, this guy had, he, he had, he had and, and the guy had some weapons, some serious weapons. And he had decided that he wasn't going to jail, that he was done. And he had saddled up on an elevated position, and he had enough weaponry that he was going to do what he was going to do when the police showed up. Police got called there, and I literally got on the radio and went, no, do not go there. I stopped in a location far from there. I jocked up, got all my gear that I carry, because I carry serious gear. I got all my serious gear that I carry, got a thermal, got night vision, got all that stuff, got out there, crept up, took me a while to get up to the house, got in a secreted location where he couldn't see me no matter what he had, trained to do what we do. See the guy's head. There he is. He's armed. I'm armed. I'm seeing what he's fixing to do, this, that, and other, and all this. You know what I did? When he made himself known, when he was encroaching on where he thought those other officers were, called out to him. Sheriff's Department, put your hands up now. Had he not put his hands up now, he'd have been done. Mm -hmm. He would have been done. But he put his hands up. He gave up, smart of him to do so, because he got cut down if he hadn't. But police have to have that. Police have to have the ability to call that. I happen to be the guy that had that ability that night, mm -hmm. that your regular cop coming out. That's why SWAT exists. That's why SEALs exist. Mm -hmm. The Navy's great. The Navy's great at a lot of things. Big Green Machine is great at a lot of things. Your military is great at a lot of things. There comes a time when you got to call a specialized unit. Mm -hmm. That's why SWAT exists. And because of my history that I have and the training that I have, the years that I had on SWAT, I'm able to do some things at a small local agency that can't afford that kind of training. They sure. just can't. They can't put a million dollars in somebody. Yeah. That's why I went to work there. That's why I chose to go to work there because I want to – I still have some fight left in me. I still want to serve my community. I still want to help the people that need help. And that, my home, where I'm from – I mean, I patrol the area that you grew up in. You know, four nights rolls in I, my area. I know. Oh my God. Still, my kids are on the ground. Exactly. <laughs> and, and But they don't have the ability to hire someone or bring someone in with that kind of training and stuff because they're not. But there's guys coming back from overseas. There's there's people with that kind of. Oh, they already have it. That have that kind of ability to do those kind of things. And since police now are up against those kind of things. Oh, that too. Yeah. Oh, hell. That's a completely weak. Yeah, yeah, that's a completely different topic altogether. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, when you get somebody sure. with a skill set out oh, there, you got to have somebody with a skill set to take them down. Yeah, and you can't believe what y'all brought, what we brought back with us. Yeah. So, are there programs for um, like veterans of special forces to be able to integrate into law enforcement? And when for they get the back? younger communities, yeah. like they can't afford it. Is there, is there enough revenue up top for the big ones that can just suck those guys in there for like if you bone them absolutely no they come from a department Man, I'm gonna, two dudes I'm gonna tell you if you're lo if you're looking for big money you're not gonna get it at a small yeah, department no. it just is what it is no I got that because of that shouldn't they just be able to come in and do the sign up for it and you you'd hope but a lot of guys I mean if you're a full time SWAT guy you work full time SWAT job in this cool department you get all the neat stuff and you got AMRAPs and you got all this kind of stuff yeah you're not going to work it. You know, Mayberry. That's my. That's when we go out there. That's why you drop all that. It's like, where's your sh stuff? Right. I broke right. it. I, 
But when, if when we went to Mayberry, we dropped it off because they needed it. That's what we always do. That. Exactly. That's what you want to That's the only way you too. get it. That's the only way they can get it, and they learn. And and we hate going doing and doing that. I mean, around here, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna toot, I'm gonna toot your horn a little bit, okay? Hurricane happened. Hurricane Harvey happened. Whole world is collapsing. Everything is flooded. There's no way to get around anywhere or anything like that. What did we do? Got on the phone. Hey, man, what are you doing? You able to get out? Yep, yep, we're able to get out. We're yeah, going man, to get a big truck. We were truck. having fun doing, doing We were having fun, but to us, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, that was a blast. To those people, it's the end of their life. We all saddled up in a truck and went and drove down and went and drove Everywhere. around. Every barricade, yeah. everything. Marks is in the front seat. Marcus takes my federal credentials and holds them out the window. That's the best. Federal dude. agents, we need to get through. Federal <laughs> agents, we need to get through. True, that part, man. Yeah, true okay, story. Yeah. True story. That happened. Dude, that was so that much, happened. We had a blast. But we go downtown a, and help out whoever we can help out because these guys are here. They have the ability to do rescues. They have the ability to help people to do things that the city or the county or the village or wherever can't afford to get that kind of help. You just can't. That's... There's programs for small cities to get, you know, people look at it and they go, oh, they don't need these military things in here and this, that, and other. Okay, 99% of the time you don't. But the day you do, Jack. you do. Especially if you got your, the, the qualified people living in there. Like yes. if you're men and women that have the quals, you might yep. as well have it sitting in there. Yep. Worst case scenario, if something happens exteriorly and you want a soldier to have his gear. Right. Gotcha. Right. Uh, that's... Yeah, that's a whole different thing. But that's kind of, that's what I bring to the table. When I went to, after I retired, and okay, sorry. I was working at Montgomery County Sheriff's Department. And then 9-11 happened. 9-11 happened. Uh, a couple of the first phone calls that I got, I will never forget the morning of, everybody's got their 9-11 story. Morning of 9-11, I was dead asleep. We'd had a SWAT call out. We'd been out till like 4 o'clock in the morning. My wife calls me. And she's like, I don't know what happened. There's a plane hit a building and I think we're at war or something like that. Again, turned on TV, saw the second plane hit. Boom. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Didn't know the world was going to change from there. Started getting phone calls from a lot of people that I knew in special operations. Stuff like that. Hey, what are y'all doing? Because we're, you know, the, the police special operations people, the SWAT teams are. And what are y'all going to do? This, that, and other than all this. 
People started, there were a lot of ideas out there right after 9-11 to make things safe because they grounded all the planes. All the planes, they go to the ground. Nobody's flying anywhere. They were going to put, they were, there was a lot of things out there, but one of the ideas they had, they were going to put SWAT team members sitting in the front in the jump seat. Just sit somebody there with a gun. SWAT team, military, whoever you can get, somebody to make things safe. World's got to move. People got to travel around. From there, somehow it evolved into couple of guys um, call me up and go, hey, man, they're putting this program together. It's called Federal Air Marshals, and it's going to be highly trained folks flying on planes. We'd like to have you. There were 300,000 people who applied for those jobs. I, I got a phone call before the applications came out. There were quite a few of us that did. Other guys that became Federal Air Marshals that I'll throw their name out, you know, Chad Robichaud. Craig Sawyer, um, um, Norm Hooten, this is my safety, sir. All the, those guys all became federal air marshals right after 9-11. Oh, sure. I was one of that group of guys. Now, a lot of them went back out, went back to their old life real quick when things weren't bad. But that's what we were doing. We were putting together looters and shooters to put them on airplanes and to get it moving around. So I was one of those original guys that came in. That was my, I saw that was going to be my next service. I was in the middle of my police career. Highly successful. I was a sergeant on the SWAT team. Had all that in a bag of chips. Two little kids and mom at the house. And I'm like, hey, guess what? I'm going out here. Don't know what I'm doing. Don't know where I'm going. You've heard my wife say it a million times. Where are you going? Classified, I can't tell you. Everything I did for 20 years. For 20 years. Hey, Dad, where are you going? Can't tell you. Classified, I can't tell you. I couldn't tell anybody where I was going, what I was doing. I could tell them after I got there. Because you didn't want to compromise the mission because the missions of United States Federal Air Marshals are classified. I know now these days people talk about a lot of things they shouldn't talk about, stuff like that. But you were never supposed to tell anybody where you were going. You were never supposed to tell anybody what you were doing, the gun you carried, where you sat, anything like that. Everything deeply, deeply classified with the Air Marshals. That attracted me. I went there. Became an air marshal, one of the very first ones. Then became an instructor. I instructed the other air marshals coming in and stuff like that and spent, you know, 19 of my 20 years strictly at the air marshals and went over at the very end of it. When COVID happened, everybody got pulled back. I, I did the majority of my career was spent either training other air marshals or as a counterterrorism operative overseas flying on planes wherever. I mean, you get on a plane and fly for 17, 18 hours one direction to Sydney, Australia, or to Lagos, Nigeria, or wherever, and then you get maybe there's something to do when you get there. Maybe it's not. Maybe you're just flying around. Or I got on a plane in Houston, Texas, and flown to College Station. My gosh. I mean, you know, you never know. There was no boredom. Yeah. But did that, and then uh, just before that. So is there somebody, when you're an air marshal, uh does... Is somebody actually giving you your flight schedule or are you mapping that out? No, you get a schedule. There's an operations place. There's an operations How it's scheduled and all that stuff, it's, again, it's classified as to how it's done. Sure. But you get a schedule. You know how tied in that has to be to move operators like that? Yeah. God, yeah. I mean. You, you know the cool thing? If you look up when Air Marshal started. Just, everyone just thinks that's that one deal. When you hear that, people have this conception. That it's like that's a one thing. That's not, that's not how it works. The original air marshal program were called Sky Marshals. Right. They were started by John F. Kennedy, and the line item budgeting that came in came in at the exact same time as we did. 
the Navy SEALs. Exactly. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep, so, um, if you ever, if you're an air marshal and you see someone that you believe is suspicious, mm-hmm. do you have a way of just reporting them if they didn't do anything on the plane and you're like, just kind of flag this person for yes. future? Yes. It's classified, but yes. Yeah. And, and they also can communicate from the air, you know, before anybody else could communicate from the air. We had some really, really cool stuff that we could use that was like, Air to ground communications and stuff like that, and all kinds of. You know they spent a lot. Stuff of, we got yeah. all the tech. Uh, think about this: as soon as we got hit, all tech resources shifted to us. Yep. As soon as that, it's a, think about that. Yeah. And they opened up the door, the golden uh, cruise box, golden conics box, whatever, you, whatever. Yep. You, that means something to all of us. The golden mill van. Each one of those men, when they open that up, means what do you want? And if you got an idea, we can get it. As a gun guy. My job, when I was an instructor up north where we trained air marshals in the advanced air marshal training, my job was, because, you know, there were a bunch of instructors up there and there were different jobs. Who wants this job? Who wants this job? And you can kind of pick your job if you're good enough to. And I was, a, I was a really good shot. I've been a firearms instructor for a long time. I'm, you know, suffice to say, I'm really, really good with a pistol. And they're like, yeah, there's a pistol range out here and it's shooting the steel range. And I was like, oh. I'm your huckleberry for that, buddy. I'll stand there and shoot steels all day long. First day, they came out there with a skid steer and pulled up with a 55-gallon drum and put down a 55-gallon drum of spear gold dot ammo. Uh, Dude, that's so much fun. And they were like, yeah, there's going to be classes come through here and y'all are going to shoot this today. And every day, they brought me a 55-gallon drum full of spear gold dot ammo. A Sig Sauer P229, which we don't, they don't carry it anymore. I'm just saying it's not classified anymore. A Sig P229 in 357 Sig will spit out about 60,000 rounds before the barrel literally burns out in the gun and the bullets start tumbling. Because I did it time after time after time. Sat there and shot guns and taught other people how to shoot guns for a living. We were magnificent. The, like he said, the Golden Con Xbox. They opened up the cash register and said, whatever you need. And when the air marshals were put together, it was absolutely the highest level of training with handguns that exists. Our standards were second to none. Oh, look, we got to shoot. And it, huh? Yeah. We, well, you're, yeah. Man, the reason why we do that for the, for y'all to listen, like, why would you put that much effort into that kind of shooting? Is like, because where you got to shoot. Yeah. Yeah, you're where, where surrounded the gun, by civilians. Where the gunfight goes down. Yep. is in a container up in the air. Yep. With, with civilians around, so. Yep. 187 like feet this. long, full of people. If you got a line full of dudes shooting at you, the air marshal's the last one you want shooting at you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they, the, the air marshal standards, the standards, firearm standards for the Federal Air Marshal Service is the highest that exists. There's no other federal agency yeah, that has be. the well, handgun be. qualifications that they have. Space Force might have it. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? It'll be laser, yeah, laser guns, right? though. Laser guns. <laughs> Holy shit, if you get on that detail... If you're yeah. still, if your ass is still rolling with Space Force, I'm going with you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be cool. To bring some levity to everything, I just watched Bridesmaids two days ago, and nice. one of the funniest scenes oh, in there is when it, the girl's next to the, who she thinks is the air marshal. 
I thought that scene was so freaking funny. Do you know who he is in real life? It's that's her a, husband. It's her husband. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's her husband. I just found that out. I think that's one of the yeah. funniest scenes. And I'm, it made me actually think, like, I wonder if Sydney has ever had an experience where someone's, like, oh, called well, him out. When y'all start, when y'all get deep. Someone said, are you an air marshal? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And what do you say? You know, everybody had their story. Everybody had their story. A lot of people had the shut up story. Like we had one guy that would tell him he was a drug dealer. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. And they would just stop talking to him. <laughs> no, yeah, you know? man, just like, say um, something that they don't want to know anymore. Like, we had other people and they're like, they're like, why are you sitting in first class? I have some sort of disorder. They can't figure out what it is. And I'm, I'm going to try to get treatment for it. People just quit talking to you. Man. Oh my gosh. So you don't have to worry about it anymore. We have other guys that are like, what do you do? Well, I'm in the adult entertainment industry. What do you do? Oh uh, my gosh. Into that conversation. Recruiter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a recruiter. Recruiter. Um, but yeah, I actually had a guy, I had a guy who recognized me from being a deputy sheriff in Montgomery County. Oh man, that's like some. And it was in New York. That's like some Donnie Brasco shit there, man. Yeah, I get in the plane, and he's like, uh, hey, man, what, what are you doing up here in New York riding in a first-class seat? And I'm like, I don't know this guy from Adam. I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? And he goes, man, you're a cop. I go, I'm, I'm not a cop. <laughs> you say, you're, you're, you're a cop. You're a cop in Conrad. I'm not a cop in Conrad. And he pulls his hair back like this and goes, yeah, you are. You did that to me. Oh, my god! <laughs> I arrested this guy years ago. For the rest of my life. And I had, I had, uh, he had resisted somewhat, and I, I used a, 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 a piece of available equipment to uh, use as an <laughs> impact instrument, and he deserved it. It was one of those guys that he told me the story, and I remembered it after he told me. Uh, he was in a big old fight. We were trying to pull him off. He turned around hit my buddy. I tried to pull him off again. He wouldn't come off. Tapped him with a light. But after that, he quit drinking, quit drinking, got straight, stayed saw out of the lights. Yeah, saw the light. Yeah, you know when you <laughs> saw the light. being straightened out. When you see them do this number, when they straighten their, ass, yeah. their body out. Yep. Oh, yeah. my God. But uh, yeah, I got recognized on the plane more than once, would get on. You know, everybody in the world knows, knows you know, my family and stuff. And there were family friends that had got on before, and they'd be like, oh, you're, oh, oh, I, I forgot, I can't tell anybody. Yeah. And they'd literally, in front of everybody, go, well, I can't tell everybody I saw you. Maybe like, I can't believe what comes out of our towns. Yeah. Like these little surrounds. Yep. Running surround people Lake Con- Yeah, man. Lake Conroe, Huntsville, that whole. Which for those of you who don't know, in Texas, that's our prison. That's where we keep the row. Mm-hmm. Death row. Yep. That's it. So if you get brought up in there or you get schooled in there. Yeah. I think air marshal is such a cool job because you just don't meet a lot of people that are air marshals and nobody ever talks about that. So I think that's just there's such a very neat thing. very few of them, and it's 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 kind of it's humorous that since I've been a, a real cop again twice, we've dealt with people that went, "Oh, I'm an air marshal," and the guys that are deputies on my street will go, "Really?" Mm. They'll bump me on the radio. Hey, you come over and such 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 such. Hey, oh, there's doing, probably man? one degree of separation with y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Has to be. If one. If if one. Absolutely. Yep. And and you and I immediately know when they call just like if somebody calls you and goes, Hey, I met so and so. He said he's a Navy SEAL and this. You but, can usually sniff it out, but yep. if you can't, then I, I pick you know, we have a little text message that runs around me, him, Mojo, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Brad, all of us. I sent out a message one day. Flies on that thing. I sent out a message <laughs> one day and I said, Hey man. There's a dude that says he was a Navy SEAL and he was recon and he was fresh forces I mean, and all this, that, and other and all this. It just comes in. He and Mojo immediately called me. Don't jack with that dude. I'm like, you don't even know who he is. Oh, I know exactly who he is. 
They knew what I was talking about before I ever said the name. Said, oh yep, my gosh. guys, legit, don't jack with him. We he would kill you like and that. all your friends. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we had another one like that the other day. I was running the trap song. He was a nightingale. Mm hmm. Yeah. I think I tried to call, I mean, I tried to call everybody. And finally, one of the Rangers hit me back. He's like, don't know how it's possible. Dude's legit. Yeah. That's all it said. Yeah. Yeah. They but, show up, man. Some of them, they're just like. But yeah, air marshals, there's, there's, uh, they're they're here. I mean, the thing about it, they're retiring like crazy right now. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of them that retire because again, it's a twenty year career and it's a hard career. It's a hard career. They uh, they spend a lot of time in airplanes. The air marshals do a lot more than just fly on airplanes, though. All the joint counterterrorism task forces have air marshals on them. Uh, when you see they have, they're part of the Viper teams, the Visual Intermodal Protection Reaction teams that stay at uh, train stations and airports and stuff like that. They're standing around in body armor, you know, sometimes long guns, stuff like that. Those are air marshals. Mm. Uh, the air marshal program has evolved. And when I left, because I left, I had 20 years in about five minutes. Um, it, was, it was during COVID and stuff. They had, they had transferred a bunch of us over to the Secret Service and gave us just a real quick down and dirty school. Hey, all of a sudden, you're going to go over here. And I literally, when I went over to the Secret Service, you know, federal agents are federal agents. I didn't realize Secret Service did this, but they have what's called, they used to call them OTAs, other treasury agents, that during times of buildup of agents, they would call in from other places. I didn't know that happened. When I went over to the, the Secret Service job, I immediately went over, and my first detail was we were at Kamala Harris's house, day one. I remember oh, they sent us over to their house. I called you and you were doing that. Yeah, because he called me. He goes, "Hey, dude, we're gonna come up here and act like we're rushing in, make you look good, you tackle us and stuff." I'm like, "Oh, dude, no, bro, I got the word." Oh, like, oh no, bro, where are you at? He's like, "I can't tell you." I was like, "You're there. I knew it." During the campaign, <laughs> during the campaign, we're coming down here to Houston or whatever, and he and Mojo are like, "Dude, we're gonna act like we're rushing in there and you can tackle us and you'll be a hero and stuff." Dude, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. It is, no, it's not like the movies. I was gonna come in, Mala. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, oh uh, finished up after after the uh, after the election and stuff. Um, everybody kind of went back to where they were. I went back to the air marshals from my detail over at the Secret Service. Um, when I was detailed at the Secret Service, I was actually uh, actually sworn as a deputy U.S. marshal out of the Southern District of New Jersey. I still have those credentials for that. Yes, yeah, it, it nothing's cooler than when we do interop. Mm -hmm. We eat that up in the teams. I mean, like with the DEA, sometimes yeah. the guys like just get a little. We'll say the line. Yep. Pulling up to order something at a fast food mm -hmm. restaurant. Let me get a Big Mac, and I'm DEA, motherfucker. You know, <laughs> we, I mean, we would live it up. Yeah. Yeah. No one thinks y'all's jobs are cooler than we do, especially when we get to play with y'all. Yeah. I mean, we just own that. But from there, and I was a uh, Secret Service uh, with with the Secret Service. I never went through agent school, but I was with the Secret Service on that detail during the run up from the campaign through the election up to when they had the inauguration, when they were inaugurated, I went back to the air marshals. Oh, so let me tell you what happens if you run into somebody. So they have the Secret Service detail, uh -huh. and then they'll pull us in. We're the bastards. Yep. So if you run into a bastard and start talking shit, they'll whip your ass. Because they're, exactly. they're not a part of the whole crew. No, who are you? Secret Service. <laughs> but we'll damn sure, exactly. Yeah. Who are you with? Secret yeah. Service. Make See, sure you yeah. say that. See this pen? <laughs> That's true. That's a real thing. So yeah. it's similar to like when in the SEAL teams, like when someone yes, catches just like 
like does a deployment. Yeah, yeah. Just, just like it. Yeah. Yeah, just, same way. Just, I was just like strap hangers, yeah. attachments, yeah. bastards, yeah, exactly. whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Exactly. That's so cool. Um, it's and real retired, cool. retired. And one day I'm coming home from work and I show up at my house and why are all my buddies over at my house? And Marcus and Mojo and everybody has me a retirement party. So I have a retirement party from the air marshals. That he didn't know about. That I didn't know about. We didn't know that he didn't know. <laughs> they even flew a buddy. Yeah, how about that? We didn't even know that he didn't know he was retiring. Flew a buddy of mine in from Albuquerque, New Mexico, Aww. that I was on the team with 20 years ago, that flew in just to come to my party. And the whole time I'm sitting there going, man, it's so cool. All my buddies are here and this, that, and another. How do I tell them I'm not actually going to retire? <laughs> I'm just going to another job. But did your wife know? Yeah, of course. Okay. Of course. She knew. I, yeah, yeah. She knew. She, well, she knew I was going to go do something. Uh, but I just decided, you know, I wanted to finish strong. Get about, get about, I don't know, five years in as a street cop. Because like I said, I still got, you know, I'm, I'm 57 years old this year. But I still got a little fight in me. I, I, when I went and applied to be a police officer, I told no. I mean, I know guys in that department that I've known that are the head honchos. I know the sheriff, the chief deputy, and them. known them since we were kids. Well, I grew up together. I didn't tell any of them I was applying. I went into the guy who was doing the applications, had no idea who I was, walked in, handed him my resume. He looked at me, and I remember him looking up and going, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. He looks at my resume and is like, what, what, what the hell are you doing at Walker County Sheriff's Department? I said, I won't be a patrol deputy. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And he goes, okay. And I went through the whole, you know, they have the testing procedure where you got to run, jump, do all this, go through the, the, the academics of it and this, that, and other. I went in, bunch of young, you know, hot kids and this, that, and other. Went in about, you know, I don't know, dozen or so of us. Starting off at the end of the day, there's four people standing. I'm one of them. I went through the whole qualification of everything. There's guys that Better doing it that way. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. You, you, I mean, you, you don't want to be that dude who rolls in and mm -hmm. just kind of... Didn't want no pull. Shit, didn't no, want no, man. nobody. Nobody. Start the now, bottom. the one thing I did do is on my background, when you're calling my friends, so I put down on here, Marcus Luttrell, Morgan Luttrell, and all <laughs> these other, like, you know, Brad Thor. I, I mean, people yeah. that were somebody, you know, senators and stuff like that. You wouldn't that. believe our crew. Yeah. yeah. It's the damn divert. We got a writer in there, yep. a, a congressman, a cop, yep. Yep. thug. Yeah, a couple of those, a couple of those. I mean, it's hilarious. Yeah, diverse friends. But anyway, when, when they look at that, of course, there. So anyway, I go to work, work for Walker County Sheriff's Department. I'm a patrol deputy, love every minute of my day. I mean, I'm excited to go to work, go to work. I mean, we live in paradise, so I mean, yeah, we there, do. There is we that. Do. And I love rolling around 
literally riding around helping people. That's my job, man. I ride around and help people out. That's what people look at police officers as. You know, you look up in Rearview Mary and you go, oh, shit, there's cops. Man, cops are out to help you. Yeah. The real cops. Y'all don't teach us that because every time I look in my Rearview Mary, I see the same thing. I do the same. <laughs> Dude, I Side do the same windows, thing. I don't say that. If yeah. you're in the Rearview. Yeah, been a, been a cop for 30-something <laughs> years and I still, oh, shit, that's cops. <laughs> But you do, man. It's and it's the best job. Y'all should put ever. that on the front windshield of the cruisers. Oh yeah. shit! It's a cop. Oh shit! It's a cop. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, but I, I love it. I love my job. I love every second of everything that I do. I couldn't ask for a better job. It will be, it will be very hard for me to step away from it. But the day that I step away, I'll close that door and I'll be done. I'll be done. And and I have. I have made the deal with my family because I, I missed a lot of family time growing up that when my grandkids are old enough to know what's what, I'm not missing anything. Oh, yeah, check. Well, Not sure. missing nothing. Not yeah. a thing. Yeah. And it, you're right, though. It's driving around. I remember when we'd get out of school to get off work, we'd, we would get in the, the vehicle just to drive around. It's so cool out here. Yeah. And now you get to drive around and you got a gun and lights and <laughs> something goes out on the radio. Oh, and you right. never know from minute to minute what's going to go on. Like yeah. the game guys, they get to yeah. The dude, radio they get a goes boat. Yeah. Oh yeah, some man. of the guys got the coolest toys. They do, man. They do. Like I, a game warden. Join the military. If I could, stupid. I, I wasn't in a position to be a game warden. I needed to be a real cop, a regular cop, because if I'd have been a game no, warden, I, yeah, same. I'd have stayed in trouble. Man, I'd have been in trouble all the time. I'd have stayed in trouble. Like the red, like the real redneck kid. Actually, yeah. probably the half-ass redneck kids. I mean, you can't like some. We couldn't do that. Game yeah. wardens yeah. have the most um, they got some power. Cool, out of any, don't they? They have. It's like, like the barefoot driving law. Um, everybody believes it because you hear it so much. Is but it? in Texas, a peace officer is a peace officer is a okay. peace officer. They don't have any more rights or privileges than anybody else does, other than they can ask you for your hunting license. And they can walk up on your land like it's nothing. They gotta have probable cause to do it. An you animal can't, you can't just openly. Yeah, you gotta. Be, it gotta be hunting season. They can't just like there was the old legend way back when that they can go in your house and open up your freezer and check for whatever yeah, anytime of that. That's no, what they I always thought. Yeah, like they can they just will. come on in. Oh, they I mean, will. They that's will. Way to do that's, it. that's where that comes from. Oh, I'm going to tell you. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 don't try and, and test and them I'll on th it. I'll throw, a, I'll throw a secret out there. I actually had a bet. <laughs> yeah, I've had a bet with people before. They're like, "Oh, you can't get in whatever if they don't tell you you can get in your car Shit. or whatever." I'm not going to violate nobody's rights, but I guarantee you, I've been doing this over three decades. I can figure out a way to do what I need to do. Yeah. Look, there are Legally. levels too. Each one of those standards. You hear something about a certain type of officer here in Texas. I don't know anywhere about anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Just there's something to it, and that's from our rangers all the way down to our gang guys to the to the troopers. Man, they're just you learn your job and figure out how to do it. They're just really really good at it. But you can't just willy nilly decide I'm gonna walk up on somebody's property and check them out. Yeah. Well, I love that you're never quit. Is that even after a 30 year career? You're back. You started at square one, and you didn't do it just by pulling a card. You actually went through the school, and you yeah. did all the things like you were just a brand-new guy off the street. And and that's what I, I know that even, I mean, I may run in here and go, oh, I got 30 years, whatever, because I hadn't been a street cop in 20 years. I needed some training to do that, and I trained myself back up to do it. I went through a little supplemental police academy. Oh, well, that was the difference. In my spare time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I came back and went because when I, again, because the air marshals was, is a pretty exclusive little thing. When you're an air marshal or any kind of federal agent, when you retire, buddy, they are standing out there with buckets of cash looking for you. Mm -hmm. The NFL, 
the WWE. I can't tell you the jobs that I turned down. Big, big six-figure jobs. Come do this. Come do consulting. Come do this. Come do this. No. I want to go be a street cop. I want to start at the bottom. And I want to work my way up because my true belief, and I'm, like I told you, I'm the last of the true believers. You should serve something larger than yourself if you have the ability to do it. There's people that don't have the ability to do it. They don't have the training to do it. They don't have the opportunity. I do. I do. And I truly believe that every community deserves somebody to give back to them if they've gotten something from them. Like I've heard the story from you and your brother about what your dad told you. You are going to serve this country in some way. You should do the same thing to your community. If you have the ability to serve your community, I know that her, when Hurricane Harvey happened, you guys were out there giving out clothes mm -hmm. to people. Being a cop is no different from that. that. That's all I got. I don't have anything else. Yeah. I got being a cop. Being a specialized cop, being a very experienced cop. But It's a nature thing, too. Yeah. Ability, you, you said, I hadn't heard it said that way, but that's right. Because you can get in, you train that up, but it's also, a, a, it's in your nature. Yeah. And some people don't have the right, for whatever reason, you try to do a job because you think it's cool because your mm -hmm. buddies, man, but there is a difference. Yep. So will you be sheriff one day? No. Absolutely not. I've been asked that a thousand times. <laughs> if you ever see, if you ever see my name, Morgan's a well. I, hold on now. I, I'm telling you never. Well, well, I'm holding. Just don't say. Just you, Morgan's a freaking congressman. What are You're you right. talking about, sheriff? But you know what? <laughs> but you know what? He yeah. should be. He should be. He is the most qualified for that and job. You should I be the sheriff, think right? No, absolutely not. If she's saying that out loud, why if would you, you ever not see, want to be sheriff? If you ever see my name on a campaign sign, it's graffiti. <laughs> I promise you. It is graffiti. I will never. There are some people that have. It'll be written like that. There are some people that have skeletons in their closets. I have my own graveyard. I promise <laughs> you. No, I'm kidding. I, I, have, I have no ambition whatsoever to be any political figure of anything. I like being a leader. I like training other cops. I like helping people out. I am very, I feel that I'm very good at what I do because I'm not political. I cannot be political. I don't have to be politically correct in what I do. I separate right from wrong. It is, laws are black and white, but there's a huge gray area in the middle. Mm -hmm. My chief deputy, one of the best cops that I know, I'll throw his name out here, his name's Tim Whitecotton. He, he has been, Tim Whitecotton has been at Walker County for 32 or 34 years. The same agency, started there when he was a teenager. He and the sheriff both started there when they were kids. But he told me something. It was probably the most accurate thing I've ever heard about being a police officer. If you have never stood before a man with a badge and handcuffs and he held your freedom and your future in his life, in his in, in life, in his hands, and he gave you a break and you knew what a break you got, if that's never happened to you, you ain't qualified to be a cop. True. Which is to be the roughest, toughest images we got. Yeah. When it's time to be rough and tough, you also got to have a soft spot no, for to them. get in there. Yeah. yeah, well, that usually happens to those guys. Well, like, you have to have a moral compass. I mean, you see yes. so many things like what's going on right now on the news mm -hmm. with the cops that beat up that yep. young man, like going to prison forever. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. It was so effed up. They're like, going to prison forever. What yeah. the fuck? They, well, they were not. I mean, I'm I'm a hand to hand combat yeah, instructor. Okay. It, well, that's can, why I'm I mean, pissed off because we, of that. Dude, man, I saw that. We fought like, before. Fuck. I mean, we've wrestled on the floor and this, that, and other and all this. 
I can hold my own with anybody. There was those guys right there. They were not looking to take oh, that guy man, into custody. Did you see them the, from the, second one? Uh, no. From second one, I'm telling you, they were not looking. And I have had a number of conversations with young deputies. My department, there's 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 young deputies that I work with that are in their young twenties, and they were talking about, you know, oh, I, you know, I don't know what to do, and this, that, and other, and all this. And I said, you know what? This is what you do. You see someone get out of hand. I don't care if they're in uniform. I don't care what kind of star bar bell or whistle they got on their collar. You pull them off. You physically remove them from the scene. You throw them in the back of your car if you got to, but you save them from themselves. Everybody's going to go a little far at some point, but you got to know when to back off. You are not judge, jury, and executioner, and you sure are not going to use another human being for a punching bag. I don't care what they did. Whatever the guy did in the beginning, there's nothing he could have done to deserve what they did to him. And anyone who does what they did under the color of office, they should be executed in town square. That's, that's my belief. And I would say that to their face. They never, no one, no one that I know of, no man or woman who ever became a police officer ever had in them to do what those men did to that other man. Whatever had them jacked up like that. Mm-hmm. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I mean, you were talking about like rabid dog status. Yeah. You know how that, hard that when, we, when yeah. we're in that kind of to get. Yep. You understand what has to that happen to us to get to that. That wasn't their first rodeo. Yeah. How do you weed out? That has the to be bad tra- has to be hard. You, the academies and our life has to be hard. Yeah. You either have a standard yeah. or you or have you no standard. Dude. So and does that lie within the leader of the police department or the sheriff or whoever they're working for? There's a field training, there, there's an academy, okay? And, and the state of Texas does a very good job. There is a, you, you will do a psych test to be a cop in Texas. 
There's an actual psychological exam that you go through to be a police officer. Um, I, I would submit to you that police agencies, all law enforcement agencies, they have a culture. They have a culture. What is acceptable oh, sure. in that department? In that department, what is acceptable? Even in that unit, yeah. what is acceptable? A psychological exam has been done. They've been trained in the police academy, but when they go to their department, That's different. and especially when they go to a specialized unit, yeah. it's going to have its culture. Okay. Seal what do they call themselves? Seal Team 5. The Scorpions? Scorpions. Scorpions. Uh, Look, when you're taking title and a name on yep. something, it, it... That's it. You you become a culture. Seal Team 5 has a culture. Seal sure Team 4 do. has a culture. Damn sure Seal do. Team 3 Six, has a culture. Sixers have one. Six, Everyone does. Yep. Gold Team, Black Team. And everybody. we act like that. And they act that way. They act that way. Punisher team, you know, anybody. You go the 100%. Army, Army specialized units, you know, Delta has a, uh, they have a culture. They have a culture of whatever it is. That unit, that Scorpion unit, it was street crime, whatever prevention, acronym, acronym, whatever it was. It was called Scorpion unit. They were a specialized street crime unit. I used to work in the street crime unit here. When we had in the mid '90s, when gangs were—I mean, I'm talking about when it was Bloods, Crips, when it was gang banging, drive-by shootings, boys in the hood. Yeah, boys in the hood. I mean, this was—we rode around listening to Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre. I mean, it was this was. (laughs) No, I'm telling you, it it was the day of the gang riots in California. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Riots in California. This was not too far post Rodney King days, but I worked in a specialized unit. You cannot act like the people you're after. Mm-hmm. And that's what those guys did. When the very first, I know there's the initial traffic stop and then the guy ran from it and this, that, and other. Not just find the guy running from the cops, okay? But that cop gets out from the time they exited their patrol units. And I, this is, a, this is an unpopular point of view with a lot of my fellow police officers. From the time they exited those units, they were out of hand. They were screaming, MFing people. Pointing guns to fucker, don't let me do this. Fucker, don't you know every other word? This, that, another. You can't do that. Something had to have been fired up, man. Something. They. That's what I'm saying. Something's missing. They were not the right people for the job. You know people like that. You know people that look, dude. Seems like they were just sitting at. I don't know. I haven't seen anything else, man. They're they're shoving a gun on somebody's head. I'm telling you right now. I don't know. Be the guy. Be the guy wanting to take me into custody that runs up and puts your steel against the side of my neck. Buddy, I'm fixing to end you. The bad situation. You better hope I just get up and run. But I'm just saying those guys didn't have the attitude. They didn't have what it takes to be a cop. And they are a stain on the badge. Anyone who does anything like that. There's cops out there that make mistakes. But uh, my son, who is a police officer, said it best. He said that is a lack of leadership. Mm-hmm. Somewhere within the ranks of that agency, either that specialized unit or whatever it is, it became acceptable for people to do things they shouldn't have been doing. And those guys didn't care. I mean, that's their body cameras that you're watching. Yeah, You're watching their body cameras and the cameras out of their car. They knew they were being recorded when they did that. They beat a man to death and recorded evidence against themselves of them doing something horrible to another human being. That's not acceptable. We can't have those type of people being cops. I'd rather be... 50 cops short on the street than to have one guy like that on my, or gal like that on my police force. Yeah. It's so hard because it's making it even more divided. There's this huge, no doubt, just culture right now. Oh, we're of definitely like, going through something. Of like this anti cop movement. And 
we have to have law. We have to have yeah, law those, and order. Those aren't cops. Those are criminals right. with a badge. We have to have the good cops that, like you said, will pull over and change someone's tire. Mm -hmm. If they see someone walking down the street, give them a ride. Or, you know, someone stranded in a parking lot, help yep. them out. A, an actual community servant. I will tell you this. at And, you know, it sounds like I'm recruiting for them. But at Walker County Sheriff's Department, that's what we do. That's what we are trained to do. That's what we do. We had a kid that came through field training uh, that was a, a nice guy. He was a nice guy. Didn't have a lot of motivation, this, that, and other. Um, he didn't make it through field training, and he was like, I don't really want to do that. You know what, man? Go to work over here. You're going to work in, in, in the jail division or in the, the uh, courthouse division or in the transport division or something like that, something where you're not out on patrol or something. Mm -hmm. But just because they're not at that, you know, I've known cops that have gotten themselves in trouble because they take an attitude to work. They get mad. They're confrontational the minute they meet with people. When you walk up on a car, when he approached that car, you're trained as a police officer to do what's called seven-step approach. Hey, how you doing? My name's Deputy Blair. I'm with Walker County Sheriff's Department. The reason I pulled you over is because of your excessive speed and erratic driving. Is there some reason you're driving like that? Yeah, no, maybe. I'm going to yeah. give you a ticket or give you a warning or help you out. Maybe you're trying to get your... You know, your wife or your friend to the hospital or something. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe there's a reason for that, but I give you a reason for that. When I jump out of the car and I'm like, MF this and GD and gun in your ear and I'm going to mace you. Don't make me tase you and boop, boop, boop. You know, boot party when you what get on the ground. What the hell are you doing, problem? Pray to God, you better be here. What's going yeah, on I in mean, there? It better be something cool. You don't, you don't, that's that's not a police officer. No yeah. police officer. I've never, I've never, countless times. I mean, I've arrested, I've put people in handcuffs who shot at me. Actively shot at me, dude. Who shot me? I, I've arrested people like that. You, you can't, you can't bring that attitude. You have, you are to protect and serve. You are a servant of the people. Mm -hmm. You've got to help them out. You've got to help them out. It's so hard because we, you know, you hear all this bad stuff and you see that kind of stuff on TV. And, but we know so many good cops mm -hmm. like you and like um, the constables around here. Sure. They're so. Awesome. They're just good human beings. Um, a lot of the guys down in Houston, I mean, we know a, a ton of really great law enforcement. It, and it's like we want to scream from the rooftops. There are good cops. There are. <laughs> everybody knows there are, yeah. but people feed off of bad news. Yeah. People feed off of bad news. You know, well, if it bleeds, it your attention. Yeah. That's the... Yeah, it's the shiny object. We, you're taught to, to look at it. Like... Yeah. Well, do we need to pay attention to it? That kind. Of, yeah. Well, they look at it and then they're like, "Okay, get rid of all of them." I okay, hate one that thing, mentality. One thing that I hope, and I saw this coming, twenty something years ago, when you start lowering stuff, like I said in the beginning, you yeah. either have a standard or you have no standard. When you start lowering standards to hire people because you want to check a box for whatever, you know, we want a bunch of uh, we want a bunch of females, or we want a bunch of this, we want a bunch of this, or you want a bunch of whatever. Hire the most qualified people. I don't care what they look like. I don't care who they are. I don't even care. And I saw something that said, would a college education stop this? No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. It wouldn't. I have nothing against college education. I admire those who have a college education. Uh, you know, if you have a doctorate, good for you, man. You're way smarter than me. That doesn't make you have the intestinal fortitude that is required to serve other people on that level. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that, that degree doesn't apply for what you're trying to do. No. And, or it might. If it does apply for it, that's great. You can be in a command status. 
you know, you can be a lieutenant, a captain, or whatever. Oh, you can see right. them. You so, recognize them immediately yep. Yep. when they get into any position, especially at the lowest rank. They, they're like, right. man, they just they'll work their way through. That's right. a thing. That's what that place is designed for, to mm -hmm. see who does what, and pressure does that. Yeah. Or you can wait, let them through, let them get into the real scenario where that pressure won't come off, because our right. civilians don't fuck around. Yeah. Our Americans, they don't, they don't mess around, dude. They, they know the law better than we do, if not better. Right. And, you know, it's just, you and, better. And we have people all the time. You, know, you go out to a noise disturbance or something. You're out of a noise disturbance. You're like, hey, man, you need to turn the music down. And somebody recites to you, my music is not <laughs> off my property in over 85 decibels. The decibel point is, is I have a registered yeah, right I have a decibel meter in this, that, in the, and all In the this. house. Yeah. Okay. All gotcha. right. Roger that. But still, uh, <laughs> you know what public intoxication is? Because, buddy, you're fixing to go to jail if you yeah. don't turn your radio Dude. down. Oh we're standing gosh. in public street. You know, I there's mean, always a law around the law. <laughs> but guys, they're great. Our people are so great. Civilians know the law as well as you do. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta enforce regulations within the bounds of those laws. I, I can sit here and say that I have never, in my law enforcement career, have I knowingly, intentionally violated the civil rights of anyone I've ever arrested. And like I said, I've had conversations with people I put a bullet hole in. Mm -hmm. You know, I, we I've had life and death struggles. With people who later on became acquaintances of mine. Not saying I'm going to be friends with them, yeah. but acquaintances of mine. I mean, I see them. It's a small town. It's a small town. You're going to run into people. Here we sit, right here. Yeah. A kid that used to be at pasture parties, you know, when I was a young patrol officer rolling up. I mean, I could have come out there swinging a baton and spraying mace on people. And you kids get down. You know, you don't do that. Hey, man, y'all got ride home? Don't get, in, don't get in a vehicle if you've been drinking. Be sure your parents know where you are. Be sure your girlfriend's parents knows where she is, you know, and all this, that, and other, and y'all keep it down. Have a good night. Don't make That's me call you your police. dad. Don't make yeah, me take exactly. you home to your old man. I know, yep. I know, because the, mm -hmm. the sheriff, that's a problem in our town. The sheriff been around. They knew my father and my right. grandmother. <laughs> yeah, that's it. See you in church. Yeah. You know, he's like, Don't make me, because I'm not going to take you home to your daddy. I'm yeah. going to get your daddy out yeah. of bed, make him drive up here and get you. Oh, my God. Whip our ass. Yeah. And it'll be on for you. And the worst thing man. in the world. That we can get the 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 those people, and I don't know anything about those people that did that. But the worst thing in the world that we have is the breakdown of the nucleus of a family that people don't have upbringings where they learn to respect other people. Yeah. I mean, what those people did, something like that, are just merely, you know, the way people treat people nowadays. Yeah. You know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day. There's a big fight went on. We went in and broke up the fight and stuff. Remember back in the day when a disagreement started and ended with two people having a disagreement, you get in a fight, punch each other in the mouth a couple times, and it's over and done with. <laughs> yeah. Now it turns into a melee. Everybody runs in there. I mean, our buddies would be like, hey, this is one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Let them get it done. Now everybody runs in there and sucker punches people and beat them up and kick them while they're down and stuff like that. And What happened to our I mean, even in disagreement, we can be... Decent to each other. It's like, because kind of, there was a, a time frame when the whole just sucker punching, just, you couldn't do that anymore. Like, there was no fist fights anymore. There was no solving it with your fist. Yeah. It was like timeout. You right. know, you got put in timeout at school or whatever. Or you get in school suspension yeah. or whatever I mean, it is. I, I, I didn't and my kids didn't. I promise you there was But no I'm time talking about like at, like right after our generation. Yeah. So yeah. right after we graduated high school it kind of turned into that. Well and then your people's aggressions just it just there's that fire inside you. You ha sometimes guys like this just have to get out of aggression. Soft time build soft people. Well and then it's like 
well, if I'm going to fight, I they have to do it in groups because they're scared. It's like they're fighting out of fear now, not to to solve a problem. And they all look like they missed leg day too. Yeah. All little skinny people and they're <laughs> slapping around. Oh, Don't know how to fight. Videos when they yeah. try, you see them swinging the bat at the windows. You ever see somebody that swings mm-hmm. the wrong side or they don't they don't yeah. know how to do it? Comes out, knocks them in the head. I mean, they're dressed the yeah. part. Yeah. They they look great, but when they're when they go to do their action, you can you know you, if you know what you're looking at, you can see it. You're like, yeah. Yeah. But I would you know people. People hunters age all the time ask me, you know, oh, I want to be a police officer. I want to do this. I want to do this. And I'll ask them, why do you want to, why would you, why do you want to get in law enforcement? They say, oh, well, y'all make good money, don't you? No. That's the wrong answer. <laughs> actually, actually, law enforcement today is pretty fairly compensated. Yeah. They, they, it's not back in the days when, but you that's know, not you, why were, you, you were do, on government nobody... assistance. Exactly. That's not why you go in. Yeah. Law enforcement, like the military, like, and I would say even the priesthood, you either, it is either in you or it's not. Mm-hmm. Now, the peripherals of that might determine whether or not you're going to make a career out of it. If you make enough money, if you can advance enough, if your family will put up with it, you know, if you marry somebody that will put up with you being in there or something like that. But the initial belief to I'm either going to be a cop or not be a cop is just like I'm going to be in the military or I'm not going to be in the military. You always knew you were going to be in the military, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You knew you were. I feel like if you're going to go in to any kind of service mm-hmm. industry for the money or for the power, mm-hmm. it's you're that's not. You're just automatically that should be um you should be just declined at that point. Maybe, but if you're, but also, yeah, I think you can If you go in, it's not immediate money. Like if you, it's you have to. Right. It's a long process, and then you'll get yeah. out, and you you built this reputation, yeah. and but then it's solid though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at then, some point, you got to make a living. Yeah, you got to. No, but I'm yeah. saying if that's your intention on going in, not to actually serve, but with the intention of, I'll oh, make I'm them, just yeah. going to... Well, we got them. We're you don't there, need there, to be there, a there. financial advisor. I want you to be in it for the money. Yeah. Because I want you to make me money. <laughs> I want to be, yeah, I'm going to be an accountant but, for law but and order. But besides that, yeah, any yeah. form of service that has to do with government service, Yeah. I believe that from the lowest level to the highest level, if you don't have the... And, and, I, and I said this before. Honestly, one of my favorite books, I'm not touting the book here, but I'm going to a little bit, is a book service because you talk about a number of people in there and how they continue to serve, how they serve their community, how they serve their country, how they serve your service to others. There is no better feeling that exists than you helping out another human being. Yeah, there's something that goes with it. Yeah. And it's different for everybody. Yep. And it's an actual thing. Yeah. It exists. When I was an air marshal, I can remember sitting there on the plane. And when people would get on the plane, and especially a lady, because again, I'm from Texas, I'm not being sexist, I'm just saying, a lady would come up and she'd be managing kids and bags and this, that, and other, and all this. And you get up, help her with their bag, put their bag up there. Yeah. Oh, man, I appreciate it. That feels good. It feels good to help other people out. I mean, I am such a strong believer in just chivalry. Like, every man should have that. We went to a restaurant the other night, Marcus was in the car, and me and the kids were walking out. And this, Addie was holding, my daughter mm-hmm. was holding the door open for me to mm-hmm. come out. And <laughs> this man 
just shoves his way through with his family while Addie's holding the door. And yeah. I'm like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> I'm not going to have my daughter holding the door open I, for you. The, there, there, something, something has started to turn in the world where people have become rude and where rudeness is accepted. Mm-hmm. And my personal belief is those people have not been punched in the mouth. Yeah. At no point in their life have they been punched in the mouth. Yeah. Because if you get punched in the mouth, right, wrong, or indifferent, it lets you know that another human being can bring harm on you. Yeah. I got <laughs> yeah. one for the, the tech guys, like the, the FS, the billionaire mm-hmm. kid brought this. Wedgies. You got to bring those back. Oh, Marcus wants to give him wedgies. If I run across that dude, his ass... <laughs> He's getting a power wedgie from hell. The you know, crypto guy. It, it'll, it'll reset your I hard mean, drive. I'm, I'm not kidding, man. Some of these freaking tech dudes, if they knew that was a thing. I'm telling you. It'll reset <laughs> your hard drive. I'll jerk your shit so far up your ass, man. Yeah. You, you won't even want to mess. Just, yeah. oh, dude. You'd be singing Soprano for the next oh, two man. weeks. <laughs> that's why you don't get out of line, man. That's so funny. I want to beat your ass. I don't yeah. want to fight men. All right? I, I don't fight. That's all I fight is men. But you're not one of them. There's I mean, something there, else we can do to you. There was always a pecking order. When... When I was growing up, and I know when you were growing up, there was always a pecking order. And that pecking order was created by you were either smart, popular, strong, whatever, this, that, and other. But that pecking order was created by what you did. Created by God. Yeah. yeah. That's where that comes from. I mean, there's a, yeah. that's an alpha and, list. And th- there is. There's an alpha list. But even if you're not high up on that alpha list, if you're not six foot two strapping warrior and this, that, and other, I don't care if you're a, the littlest person around. You can simply hold the door open for another person. Yeah. That is a form of service to help somebody out. Yeah. Help them out, man. Help out your fellow man. And in law enforcement, all you're doing is helping out your fellow man with the ability to take their freedom or God forbid their life if they're that far out of line. Yeah. But your job is just to help people. Mm-hmm. You're just helping people out, man. I mean, I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't do a firefighter's job. Oh. I wouldn't. Running in a burning house? Nope, not my thing. <laughs> Not my thing. Are you kidding me? I'll, I'll jump in. I'll jump in moving water. It's like I'll the do dude to uh, like do, undo the bombs. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. 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 I mean, EOD. Ugh. Yeah. Dakota Meyer and I had that conversation. And I'm like, dude, why do you want to run in a burning house? You know, I'm like, I'm all about swift water rescue and this, that, and other. I'm all for that. Fire? Not I think Coda told me, I was like, why do you want to do this? I was like, oh, it's cool. No, it's it, not. It's hot. It's not cool. Yeah. It's, not, <laughs> uh, it's not cool. It's hot. All Ooh. of our firefighter buddies do that. I hats off to them, man. If the, yeah. the house is on fire, I'm going to be out. I'll call you. Yeah. I'll call you, man. That, you go, boy. Yeah. You go. I'm cheering I'm you on. Hey, I'm going to have air conditioner going in my car when you get back out here. Oh we'll wash God. you down, yeah. help you clean your gear. electricity dudes. I'm, man, I, you know. Yeah, I don't do much electricity mm. either. That's but, so uh, funny. Yeah, but that that's their thing. I wouldn't do their job. You know, everybody looks, oh, man, how can you be a police officer nowadays? Man, how can you not? Yeah. I don't. It doesn't register with me how... Someone who wants to serve their community cannot at least consider law enforcement. Defunding the police is a portion of how we got where we are. When you take away money from the police, when you take money out of their budget, I can tell you the very first place it comes from, training. Yeah. And when you fail to train people as police officers, you get the frustration that brings out oh, sure. the That's animal the in should come out yeah. of. Yeah. Well, you this get cool what out. you're seeing now on the news. Yeah. These kind of well, well, when the, that, the, that's dude, a, that's the first time problem. somebody gets hit, it's completely different. Yeah. yeah, the police academy should be the toughest thing every like every day. You should get hit in the yep. face, and you don't know who <laughs> yeah. from. Like literally walking through the halls, going to class, you should be looking around the corner because somebody's going to smack you right in the grill. Funny you should mention that because as a federal air marshal, that is an evolution of training. 
Should you be. know when you go in that at some point, because as air marshals, we trained on airplanes, we trained on slide ramps, we trained in, in any kind of environment. But at some point in your training, you're going to be walking up the aircraft, going to put your bag up, whatever, and somebody's going to hit you right in your snot locker. Oh, my gosh. I'm not talking about a tap either. I'm talking about they're going to take your feet off the ground and you got to fight through getting punched in the mouth because, you know, if you're going to do something nefarious and there's some person that you suspect is in your way, you want to take that person out. You're going to have to learn to fight through it. But that, yeah, it's actually an evolution air marshal training. Awesome. Get, get right in the mouth unexpectedly. Oh my gosh. Completely unexpectedly. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And yeah. we appreciate you and your service and your never quit story. We're just getting started too, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. I love it. Is well, that good luck. That? Thanks for having me. Yeah. That is it. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. We'll see you next week. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.